The goal of the Crowbar Awards is to help you break in and thrive in advertising. And we do that all year round by releasing a new creative brief for you to work on with up to two friends. After about three years of podcasting and interviewing amazing people in the industry, I've learned that it takes a great portfolio to break into advertising. So that's why we're releasing a new creative brief for you all to work on every single quarter. And if I do my math correctly, that comes to, uh, let me carry the one, that's four briefs a year, four campaigns that you can possibly have to help you break into, help you break into advertising. And that's really the goal. We want to give out fun creative briefs for you to work on. But some people go the extra mile. And some people cr- submit their creative campaign to the Crowbar Award Show, where our guest judge for that quarter will pick the top winners. But unlike standard award shows, we give out crowbars. It's an award, yes, but really it's a tool. It represents you breaking into advertising. Isn't that fun? So there's gold, silver, and bronze placements every single quarter. But there is only one that stands above the rest. We give one campaign submission group the highest honor of the blue crowbar award yes we mail them an actual blue crowbar and not only is it symbolic but they can actually literally and physically break into their favorite agencies although we don't recommend it and that's that leads us to where we're at right now four months ago we launched the crowbars and received so many incredible submissions from aspiring advertisers across the country the breaking and entering team asked you all to fix the perception of dasani water a tough ask, if you ask me. And our friend Greg Hahn, co-founder and chief creative officer of Mischief USA, which is the hottest advertising shop in the world, agreed to come on to judge. And he was excited to do so. So you will hear the Blue Crowbar Award winners meet their creative idol and gain real praise and feedback from Greg himself. And who knows, maybe Greg will call them one day to come work with him. It's a beautiful thing. Their idea, Tap Map blew the breaking and entering team away. Then, when Greg also mentioned it was the strongest idea of all the submissions we received, we knew right there and then that we had our very first Blue Crowbar Award winners. Now, a brief background on the team. We'll start with Austin Lozano. Austin is a copywriter based in Minneapolis. He recently wrapped up a six-month-long internship at Carmichael Lynch and is now searching for full-time opportunities. In his free time, he enjoys trying new breweries, shooting film photography, and exploring the land of 10,000 lakes. And then we have Sam Hamersky. Sam was born and raised in the great state of Minnesota, where gravy is a beverage and lakes are a personality trait. He graduated from the University of Minnesota last spring and then spent several months as an intern at Carmichael Lynch. Recently, he started a new role as a junior copywriter at DDB New York. And lastly, we have Jamie Chuan. Born and raised in Colorado's northern front range, he used to be into science and math until he failed his high school art class. He says it was the only class he ever failed, and he focused on creating something every day to prove that teacher wrong. Jamie was used to being a lonely artist in his cold studio until he began his creative advertising journey. Now he loves collaborating and creating crazy campaigns for major brands. His love for film and art history allows him to reach into a vast cauldron of cultural references. But he always ensures the core of his stories focuses on a human aspect. Now, on to the celebration, everybody. And before we begin, you too can have a chance to meet a creative legend and receive a crowbar. 
We have Kellen Blunt ECD at Preacher, based in Austin, Texas, a really, really cool shop. She is judging the current brief, which is live right now and due June 30th. Check it out and apply with your two other creative pals. It's on www.crowbarawards.com. Now on with the award show. This is the breaking and entering advertising podcast crowbar celebration episode for Q1. We got to workshop that name. And we are your accomplices, Gino Schellenberger and Cooper Kolvig and Greg Hahn and Puchan Jung. Kick it, Mikey. Hello, everybody. We are here to talk about the Crowbar Awards. I want to welcome you all. So this is our first time doing this, but we're really, really excited. Cooper, myself, and Buchin uh, worked really hard on this Crowbar Awards. And of course, we have Greg Hahn here, our guest judge for this quarter, uh, founder of Mischief, one of the hottest agencies right now. Um, and we also have an episode with you, Greg, uh, not too long ago. So you do, you do, yeah. So um go back and listen to that one as a primer if you want. Absolutely. <laughs> um amazing. So what we're here to talk about is the crowbar awards and how this works is the crowbar awards is a quarterly award show by breaking and entering. The goal of it is to have people break in and thrive into advertising, uh three years or less in their career. Um, so we'll go into the winners here. And the idea called Tap Map, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, it was selected by Cooper and myself as a shortlist, as our number one shortlist. And then when Greg reviewed it, he also selected it as his number one. So um, other high-level things about the Crowbar Awards. Uh, so this is an every quarter thing, and the winners get to come on and talk about what worked and why they won and have time with the guest judge. So I want to keep my talking a little bit more minimum, minimal and give it to Greg. And before we do that, Cooper, I want to talk with you real quick on, on the brief itself and what the brief was, and then we can get into some intros here. So if you want to talk yeah. about what you wrote up, because you are the strategist behind this award show. Absolutely. Well, when we were coming up with this, um, it was definitely a, a fun problem trying to define a, a challenger brand to kick off the Crowbar Awards with. And no, everyone's talking about water these days. Liquid Death did a really good job of getting that on everyone's radar, uh, which means it's on the rest of the water category to step up or not. And that says a lot to um, the consumers. And that, to me and, and the folks that we talked about and surveyed to get an idea of, of what brands are the most polarizing, Dasani came up time and, and time again. It pits two people in a room just by putting the bottle in there. Um, to go after each other uh, and battle it out for whether or not it's the taste that's a problem or if you love the taste and always had it in your house or, you know, it, the list goes on and on. Um, but the goal of the brief was to sit our our student contestants and aspiring advertisers in the heart of the brand problem, establish some some guidelines and, and guardrails and, and guidance for for where we'd uh, like to see this go and, and how it could potentially be um, effective and, and inspiring work. So that's where the brief comes into play. Um, without impeding the team's ability to be wickedly creative, and the TapMap team was absolutely that. 
Um, and I think it'd be be awesome to hear, you know, each of the members give a little lowdown on on who they are and, and we can dive into the work with Greg. Amazing. Great. So Austin, you're at the top of my screen. Give us a rundown who you are, where you're from, uh, and what your role was on this project. Okay, yeah. So Austin Lozano, originally from Sioux City, Iowa, now a resident of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um most recently, I was at Carmichael Lynch as an intern uh, alongside Sam here. Um, and on this project, I was definitely more of like really helping refine the idea. I'd say uh, Jamie and Sam did a really good job of like bringing it home. But I was there like at the beginning, in the middle, kind of refining that idea. Gotcha. Minneapolis, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yep. Great ad city. Greg, have you ever worked there? I have worked there. I worked there for seven years, I think it was, at Ballon, um, back in the the day, back in the 90s. I have a lot of friends who work at, at Carmichael. It is a great, it is a great town for advertising. Um, not a great town for um, swimming or things you want to do in the warm weather, but really good, really good for uh, creative arts. Absolutely. Did you work, I believe Tom McGilligan's like the the guy was he was he there when you yeah, were there? No, he was there. He was. I was there way after him. Uh, David Lubars came in and was the creative director for most of my time. Bill Whisbrook hired me, but uh, David was there for mo the majority of the time. And it was a great it was a great streak back then. Um, BMW and Citibank and a bunch of fun clients. I actually just reached out to David Lubars to get on the show, so I might have to follow. Oh, yeah, he's at BBD. At I'm BBD gonna, I'll pressure on him. Absolutely. I'll make him do it. Nice, nice. Awesome, Austin. Well, best of luck with your role in Minneapolis. I want to kick it over to uh, Sam now because you're in the next on my screen. Sam, we've got some history and good stuff. Like, I want to like talk about that too, like a little context. How do we know each other and what you're up to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm also in Minneapolis currently. Um, met Austin at Carmichael Lynch last summer where we interned together. Um, and then shout out to Steph Hayden, who is one of our, like, you know, next in line creative directors for a lot of the stuff we worked on. She connected us with Jamie. Uh, and then we just kind of took it from there. She was super helpful with all of this. Um, besides that, yeah, we had a lot of fun working on it. And uh, glad you guys like it. Absolutely. And where where are you working at now? Didn't you recently break in? Yep, yep, yep. So I just started this is my third week at DDB New York, um, working oh, remote nice. until end of June, and then I'll be moving out to the to the big city. You know, getting more nerve wracking when we get a little bit closer to. But so that's exciting. the fun part, right? Yeah, congratulations. That's great. Um, are you allowed to talk about what clients you're working on? Yeah, I'm on cotton, uh, the the fabric of our lives. Uh, when people don't know what that is, I just say it's like the got milk for cotton. So we're just kind of, you know, promoting cotton as a as a fabric, doing a lot of fun stuff there. And then Pure Leaf, uh, the tea, we haven't really kicked off on any of that yet, but that that's going to be super exciting as well. So enjoying, enjoying my time so far. Heck, yeah. And Austin, you're working as a communications coordinator, is that correct? Yeah, currently as a communications coordinator. For Minnesota Hospital Association. Yeah, yep, that's correct. Got it, got it, noted. Just want to make sure we covered that as well. And Jamie, hello. Hello, man, how's it going? 
Tell Jamie you're a man of mystery, my friend. Look, you're like in the dark. Yeah, in the, in the depths of the basin. Um, that's it. But yeah, I'll go in like a little bio by myself. Um, I am the oddball out of this group. Uh, like Sam said, uh, I'm from. I uh, I can I could start off saying that this is my last week at C Boulder as an advertising major. Go Buffs. Yes, <laughs> but. I met uh, Steph Hayden through another class where I was uh, a teacher's assistant, and we focus on um, kind of promoting environmental issues through the use of advertising, but we taught, like, e-bio majors, so these people that were very, like, analytical and scientists. And then she introduced me to Steph, and then Steph introduced me to Sam and, and uh, Austin because I really wanted to build an advertising portfolio. Um, oh, no, I cut out. And uh, yeah, so now we're here and we need tap map and we've worked on a couple of other things. But uh, besides like doing advertising, I'm an artist and I like create like crazy, like surreal paintings. If you think of like Salvador Dali, um, I'm also like uh, into photography and like filmmaking. Uh, I would say like the route I'd want to take in advertising is to be like a designer or like just an art director um, because I... I love to get my hands dirty and work on actually creating the, I guess, the activations and such. Designer, got it. Austin, do you have a role that you would want to bring into in advertising and what might that be? Yeah, yeah, a copywriter. Um, I was a writer alongside Sam. Sam was also a writer at Carmichael Lynch. So, um, yeah, communications coordinator right now, but would definitely like to break back in as a copywriter. So Sam, copywriter, Austin, copywriter, Jamie, aspiring designer. Jamie, when do you graduate? Oh, I graduate May 5th this year. So I'm like in my last week right now. Um, so I'm excited. Very strong. Congrats, man. Thank you. Cool. And Greg, do you want to do a bio? I know you're not an aspiring advertiser. You're far from it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Yeah, one day I will uh, be... Um, I'm Greg Hahn, Chief Creative Officer and Co-Founder of Mischief, which is a newish agency in New York City and uh, just doing our thing and having some fun trying to shake some things up. Yeah, you made it kind of difficult for us now with the Crowbar Awards. We're struggling to get, you know, as high profile, as successful, like, guests. So might, we might have really David high. Lubars after your conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to pull him deeper and deeper. Yeah, double down on David. Admit him to a lot. He's a good yeah. guy. I mean, um, yeah, so that's me. But currently, before that, I was at BBDO. And for that, like I mentioned, I was at Fallon for, for quite some time. What's your what's the your favorite work you've made? Favorite creative campaign? Oh, God, it's so hard to say because some of it is more about like personal, like what, what was happening at the time. And a lot of it is the other side of it is like what work just people know about and became famous. Currently, the, the most recent one, I would say, just because I have short memory, is uh, 2B work we did that launched on the Super Bowl. I thought it was a lot of fun. We had uh, a good time kind of messing with messing with people. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, my family, got, they got tricked by it for sure. And it also won a Super Clio, which I feel like if we're going to open up, I think that's more important than the ad meter. I think that's, for our industry, I think that's, just as good, if not better. So congratulations. Yeah, the, the admir is always tricky. I, I don't know if it's a good thing to be on the top 10. <laughs> but for that one. Ooh. 
yeah it's I not mean, a bad thing but it's it's uh it's never one i've really paid much attention to because it's it's a very strange way of measuring things yeah i mean puppies monkeys babies those seem to work do you remember puppy monkey baby i do you know because i did that one i worked with the team i was that was a bvdo um concoction and i will take full blame but not full credit because the, <laughs> the team that did that was is was brilliant and yeah that was fun i again it comes back to this thing of i'd rather do stuff that a lot of people hate and a lot of people love than oh people don't feel anything about that ad i remember we talked talking about that ad in high school and i that was like a foundational point of where i wanted to break into advertising like <laughs> early in high school you either loved it or you hated it i loved it i was obsessed with it and do you know barry wilhelmy i think she she's at apple now she said her husband worked on that she's a recruiter for oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. that way he's one of the team exactly yeah they're they're great what was his role i'm curious Uh, i believe he's the art director or writer one of them but those guys came into me and it was like at the bottom of the deck and they were like and we have this one other thing like wait this is this is (laughs) like this is the one you should do and um this uh, executive creative director on that and the client were all like into it from get go. Did that did that place on the ad meter? God no, I'm sure it was. It's such a uh, again. That's why I don't ad meters. Not a. It's like kind of what is popular. It's also like a very selective crowd because it's it's. Um, I think it's excuse very old. So I don't know. If it's you know the measure of it. I could be wrong. Yeah, I know. I know. I know it wasn't uh, America's favorite, but it was a lot of people's favorite. Absolutely. So, if, if if for the listeners, go ahead and Google "puppy monkey baby" ad. Was that for Mountain Dew Doritos? What was it for? It's for Mountain Dew. Okay, I think. But there was a strategy behind it, and that kind of comes back to what we're probably discussing today. Is yep. that it did have a, a a reason for being? It wasn't just weird for weird's sake. The the reason for being was it had three new things combined into one drink, so it was like caffeine. Um, I forget what it was. The the other two, like vitamin B and and something else. Yeah, there were three things that were combined into one drink. And we decided to take three things that are very popular in Super Bowl commercials and make them into one, which was Puppy Monkey Baby. And we we can talk, I'm sure, about all the great work you've done, but we're here now. We are not here for that. We are here for the great work that these guys are. And I got a question. I'm ready to dig in. Perfect. What Greg was explaining and uh, kind of picking up off of, you know, Jamie talking about how um, you're doing a lot of work around sustainability initiatives and sustainability is at the heart of this brief, the Dasani brand kind of, and the work that you guys did for, for tap map. Um, and, you know, to preface a little, we know that just by even going on the Dasani website, they, they really only talk about the boilerplate, sustainability stuff whether it's made from a recyclable um bottle or can you recycle it how to recycle it um and to me you guys were able to activate dasani in a way where they can talk about sustainability um in a way that could create and and build meaningful change within specifically the the chicago community so i'd love to start us off there um and hear from you guys about how you got there um and the process you guys took to uh get to the final product Mm. so we had probably a million random ideas we really liked this thing about a war on cows at one point and like some rotational following stuff just just all this stuff because we knew we had to stick it into a place where 
the Dasani could fit without it rubbing too hard and feeling feeling really really weird um and like the 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 winning on taste and all that kind of thing we kind of threw out right away because that's just not you know a fight you're gonna win at the end of the day with the sani it's like the nickelback of water which was also a uh, idea we were kicking around a little bit there hey if you don't like nickelback though there's this there's a people like the sani too yeah (laughs) Yeah, you don't want them drinking your water, ironically. (laughs) Long-term problem. But yeah, um, and then we kind of we kind of settled on the whole the 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 whole tap mat thing, and I think the the line that that really had us um, into it was it was I can't remember exactly what it was, Austin, but you pointed it out in the dock, and you were like, "This is it right here. This is it. Like this is the one. It's got yeah." Yeah, it was something like and you took it. Tap water is or tap is like a dirty word, but it shouldn't be. And it kind of mm. like sparked this idea of like just people having dirty little secrets, like your dirty little secret, but like owning that. Like, yeah, sure, it's tap water is our dirty little secret, but it's like it's not that big of a dirty secret. Like, you should be proud of like having clean, drinkable tap water. That's what I loved about this is that you guys took a perceived disadvantage and turned it into an advantage and owned it. I thought it was really smart. Yeah. One last thing I could add to the idea coming together was so for the scan on the bottle, I kind of took that from 23andMe and like the DNA testing because I was like thinking people said... DNA test, why don't you send water in to test it? Smart. Smart. Um, so Sam, can you explain the overall idea? So we'll have this, this will be posted. The tap map uh, case study video will be on our site. It'll be on our social. So they'll be able to click on this. But for the listeners that haven't seen it yet, do you want to explain high level what the concept was? Yeah. Uh, is I probably should have started with that. Um, basically, there's a lot of lead water lines that lead you know, banking water and everything into people's homes uh, all across the country. Specifically, Chicago has a super high percentage of lead lines, and it can obviously be harmful if you drink lead. Um, but the issue isn't that they exist. It's more that um, cities and neighborhoods don't have accurate maps or records of where they're located. Many of these were, you know, put in the ground before they were even keeping records of that kind of thing. Um, so really the only way to find them is to test water and see if your uh, building or neighborhood has, you know, a lot of lead in, in your water. And then you can bring in, you know, city organizations and whatnot to remove those. Um, and the idea for tap map was uh, when you buy a bottle of Dasani, you know, you drink it and then you can go home and fill up your tap water with or fill the bottle up with your tap water and then send it back into Dasani. Uh, where it'll be tested and then help fill in a map of the neighborhoods where, where the help is needed the most. I think that's pretty much it, right? Did I miss anything, guys? Uh, no, I think you did a good job. Wonderful. Yeah. I thought it was shocking. Six to 10 million lead service lines in the country. Chicago, you mentioned in this video that Chicago has around 400,000 estimated lead lines that's six times the amount of california and i live in chicago so it spoke a lot to me and so does cooper so we definitely resonated with that fact how did you like go 
I want to, I'm curious then like the research behind that and then like coming up with that process, what, how did that look? How did you guys shape that, that research? Yeah. Yeah. So it was just one fateful afternoon. I stumbled across this, this box documentary, which is prominently featured in the, in the case study video, um, just kind of talking about the issue. And I thought it was such a simple issue, but at the same time, really complex. And I sent it to the guys and everybody was like, yeah, this is, this is something Sonny can really, you know, dig into. Um, and then just looking into it more, uh, comparing it to all the other issues around water that we could have tackled, it just felt simple enough that people could understand it quickly um, without a whole lot of, you know, background information required to get the point across. So that's why we really stuck with it and enjoyed it. I think what was really cool to me is that, you know, liquid death broke through the glass ceiling of of the greenwashing within the advertising and, and marketing world by branding it in such a unique way and, and creating such ridiculous activations that you can't not discuss them. And then you have on the opposite end of the spectrum, these brands are even Dasani now where it, they're just kind of part of the, the dull consistent you know recycle 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 and um it makes me curious and and want to research more to what extent you know how people feel about this this concept this like consistent you know get out there and and make a change and um to what extent it leads them to kind of you know stay surface level and you know feel guilty about recycling or, or not recycling or to what extent they can get involved to actually make a change where I feel like people can run down the rabbit hole and all of a sudden be like, well, okay, I can recycle or I can go totally off the deep end, live off the grid and go net zero carbon. And there's not a whole lot that's that's in the middle. And that's what's really fun about um, the tap map activation is it's a way that, that gets people up doing something meaningful um, without sticking on the opposite end of, of the spectrums. Yeah, the thing that's so many things smart, right and smartly. Um, for one thing, is just the way you approached this brief because the brief wasn't a purpose brief; it was just to get, promote the Sonic. And you ended up changing the conversation of like, let's not talk about is it does it taste good. Let's let's talk about a, a higher order thing, which is like, is tap water a good thing? And is tap water you're drinking safe? And how can we make it safe for everybody? So you you, you completely subverted the conversations that have been going on with water. And I think that, that was brilliant. And then again, you just tied it to a a thing that actually brought the brought the consumer into it and gave them a purpose that was also self-rewarding. Like they have a vested interest in knowing the water they're drinking is safe. So it was, you know, it's highly motivational for them. And I just thought like you guys found it interesting way that didn't feel borrowed and it didn't feel just like, virtue signaling but it felt like it was actually solving a problem i'm curious greg if this was your client and this concept went to your desk what would you say to them how would you improve the idea or would you bring it to the clients as is well the one thing i would say is i first of all I, again I, I love the fact that you guys just took the brief in and again changed the conversation like I would imagine a lot of the, a lot of 
the work we saw, and I imagine that a lot of people with this brief would have tried to figure out a way to make Dasanti taste better, you, you know, to tack it on all those subjective terms. And I like the fact that you guys didn't do that. Um, the, one, the only thing I would say about you, about this, the way you've attacked it is I buttoned it up at the end, uh, you know, sort of close the loop on what you're saying about Dasani by saying this. So you've kind of done an interesting job of saying like, yeah, we're tap water, but we're really good tap water. We're the kind of tap water you want to drink. But, but I think you need to make that message a little like, you know, the purest tap water, the purest water out there kind of thing. Just something that lands Dasani in a place where they're above everything else. Because one thing people could say about this is, uh, yeah, I test my water. It's great. So I'm just going to drink tap water, my tap water. You know, so you need to kind of put it as a like the standard, the gold standard above um, the water you can get from your, your your sink. That's a good point. Yeah, if they, they come back and they test the results, like okay, my tap bar is actually really good. Yeah. I don't need to buy Dasani anymore. That could be exactly. Enough. So you need to you need to position yourselves as like a reason beyond just the fact that you're dirty tap water. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a just a reason to believe. But uh, as an activation, I thought it was great. Definitely on the same page. I know we talk a lot at at my agency about um, pushing our or inspiring our creative team to to break the brief, and you guys absolutely did to to Greg's point. Ticket above and beyond um, that level, and I think that's also part of our goal too, with not being too too specific in there, so that you guys can get get creative and and come up with something as spectacular as Tap Map. Yeah, I'm a big fan of creative judo. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but when you can take your perceived weakness and use it against itself and turn it into a strength and change the conversation, I think it's really powerful if you do it in a believable way, which you guys did. Do you have any other examples of that top of mind, Greg? Oh, gosh. Um, Again, I'll go right back to our um, recent, very recent history of mischief. We had a we had an assignment for Coors Light, which was to um, use Patrick Maharney's as a spokesperson, and they signed a deal with him, only to realize that the NFL won't let you use a um, NFL player to to um, endorse beer on TV. So mm-hmm. kind of like that was our that was our problem. Like we took this problem. We can't he can't endorse our beer on TV, but we have to do a TV commercial with him endorsing our beer. So what we did is we like leaned really hard into that. We had him endorse course light a flashlight you know so it's like a flashlight he wasn't endorsing our beer he was endorsing the flashlight so we had fun with like play. we took those rules and we turned them on their head and made them the idea so it yeah you know, again it's like I, I like to find examples of that in the real world that are just taking taking the weakness leaning into it and using it to your advantage absolutely that was a great one um did kevin and bianca help with that one? Oh yeah for sure yeah, we had a we had a great team on that. And those guys are, are help with everything. Bianca, Kevin, we're very hands on here there, yeah. Mister. But um, they're some, um, yeah, very lucky to have some of the best minds in, in the business there. Absolutely, we have an episode with a combo episode with them too on breaking entering. So Kevin Mulroy, yeah, yeah, long history with them, Mister. Yeah, we started the same day the the podcast, the breaking entering podcast. I think it was like April 16th. I don't know if you guys started that day too or went public. No, no. <laughs> Do you know April 16th was the day that my last day at BBDO actually. But um, okay. we, we launched, we launched June 1st. So shortly okay. thereafter. 
I knew there was some um, yeah. crossover though. Yeah. The the, yeah, the cosmic shift in the advertising world was happening. <laughs> yeah. Big big yeah. moves and changes were were coming. Healing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Definitely on the same level, dude. Back to you, um, to the winners here. If you are on the call with one of the greatest advertising minds in the industry right now, what do you want to ask him? What are you curious about? Like you, he gave you some feedback here, but I want to open up to you guys as a chance to get so to ask, know him. ask Cooper anything you want. <laughs> yeah, Cooper is free right here. And he's hard to reach. But yeah, any questions that you guys have about the campaign feedback or what any other like stuff going on in your creative careers and any advice you, you have on the top of mind? Yeah. Um, not so much about tap map, but just more generally speaking, um, Greg, what what are some like behaviors or habits that younger, you know, professionals like junior level, uh, intern level people uh, kind of show yeah. that set them apart? Like, what's something that you're like, dang, that that kid's got it? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, and this goes throughout your entire career, but make every assignment better than it has a right to be. So if you're getting like, oh, God, I got to do a social post, make that copy like really great. Make it look awesome. Make the body copy and captions like something that people discover. And it's like, I just love seeing someone that took the extra time to make the things very few people will notice great. And and also like nothing is beneath you. I don't, I don't think, I think that goes throughout your entire career as well. It's just like, there's no smalls. I'm at it. You're like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. Take everything on. And just know this here that it's a, um, it a resilience game. So every 90% of the stuff you do isn't going to get made, unlike school, you know. So just know that the 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 true beauty and winner of this game is um, someone who can keep coming back with even better stuff. So and it happens to everybody. So don't don't take it personally when your shit dies because it's going to happen, and it's just a reason to come back stronger. Do you ever get your hands on a? A smaller brief or a social post assignment just to feel alive again, Greg? Yeah, yeah. Trenches. Yeah, we would all, yeah, we take stuff all the time. Um, at first, we did a lot just because we didn't have to create us, you know? It was just a very small crew, but um, yeah, you know, that's why we're in it. I, I read an interesting quote, and it kind of goes for advertising. It's like, um, people are, you know, we're all very focused on awards and getting stuff produced and things like that, but you have to enjoy the, the process and the journey and the, the quote that resonated with me is like the person who loves walking will go further than the person who loves the destination so just you know enjoy the process learn from it as, as you're going um Love question that. i guess i hope this isn't like super general and like kind of hard to answer but i guess like when you're kind of in jamie jamie's position or my position like putting yourself out there and trying to land that that first gig in advertising like are there some do's and some don'ts that you can like give me like top of mind that that you would recommend um yeah i mean it's it's hard because when i broke in it, it if, if i sent somebody my book it's through the mail or i, I delivered it and so it was like a lot of effort i wasn't getting script directors weren't getting hit up like with 30 different books a day so it was it was it was different but now on the receiving end of that um, make it personal. Like if you're going to reach out to somebody, explain why you're reaching out to that particular person. You're not just cold calling. And if you have some connection to the work or to, to the people that they know that I would, I'd leave that in. And then, um, 
realize that these people are busy, so you might want to hit them up, but not too much and too soon. So it's okay to tap them once, you know, a few weeks later or whatever. But um, yeah, just, you know, keep going, keep keep your connections open. And it, a lot of it is just timing. So if you get rejected or don't, they don't answer, it's just because now might not be the right time. So you can always come back. What about um, these guys are going to get a blue crowbar, a physical blue crowbar? What if they actually broke into an agency? Do you think that would be, that would play well? Or would they probably get arrested? Um, well, they would definitely get arrested, but they mm. might also get them a job. I don't know. Dude, don't, I'm not going to give you a mischief's address because I don't actually think that would be a good idea. But uh, you guys are getting a blue crowbar. I don't know. Put it, um, uh, put it on the back of your, your shelf so people see it when you do your Zoom meetings with them. And then they can ask you what that's all about. Hey, one question for me. Um, I know you started Mischief, and I've always wanted to break away from the traditional advertising. I think it's so uh, non-diverse and, like, well, basis of your own, like, creative agencies be, like, do whatever you want. So I had, like, um, how would you begin, like, creating a small agency without, like, any money, really? <laughs> um, as I do some freelance work, too, so yeah. how do I... How do I start? The way, the way you're doing it, then I would start with freelance and, you know, you will have to do a lot of the work yourself. And then once you get some freelance clients, they can, you know, give you some regular income that you could probably hire some other, but um, it, it's tricky. Make sure that you have a very smart business partner because the hard part for most people is not the creative. It's um, learning how to do the things you didn't get into advertising for, which fortunately I have very smart people around me that can do the books and the business and um, all the the things that are actually the hard part. I'm not to say the creative isn't hard, but the, for me, it's um, I'm, I I didn't go to business school, so I don't know how to run a business. But I have some really great people that do. So you know, early on, make sure you're you're hooked up with people that are minded, but also can bring something that you don't have. Awesome. Yeah. I've um, had my own art business for three years now and I've okay. sold art internationally and taxes and all this blah, blah, blah stuff. So yeah, I think I'm pretty oriented. I just wanted to see if you had trouble working with clients and if they didn't want to do like what you do at Mischief and if they just wanted to do something boring and traditional. Well, well the, we've approached it in, a, in kind of an interesting way, which is like we wanted Mischief to be a brand, not just an agency. So the work we put out in the world attracts the kind of clients that want to do that kind of work. And we're very intentional about that. We don't take clients that, you know, we don't see like, like it's not a great relationship if you go into it and neither of you wants the same thing, right? So, you know, our clients are great. They want, they see the value in the kind of work we're doing. And if you can prove that, like your case studies are great, you already have a good one. But if you have results, that makes a lot of difference. So we started off very intentionally, like let's put some work out there. It has great results. And it was our first thing was for craft, which, you know, it's a, it's a big, you know, household brands. Uh, no, it was actually for Capri Sun. Yeah. Oh. And it was for kids. So it was pushing it for the category. It was very different for what, what they were um, used to doing, but it proved very successful and it got them a lot of press. And then after that, somebody saw that and gives a project for OKCupid, then uh, other craft projecting. So once you put once you put work out there, it just make sure that it gets seen by people who have, you know, 
uh, the ability to give you more work and seen by the people who want that kind of work. Awesome. Thank you. You're already cool. steps ahead of everyone. I would though, Jamie, um, if you haven't worked in an agency, I, I would, I would suggest you start there just so you can learn from other people's mistake on other people's money. You know, it's really hard to jump into all of this coming from, from a clean sheet of paper. Yeah. There's an agency here in Boulder that I'm targeting called human design. So hopefully I can start yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would recommend at least learning how the an agency functions and stuff. Human design. Cooper, have you heard of that? No, that's that's a new one. It, it doesn't sound like it's one of the, the old Crispin breakoffs because like, there are a bunch of those. And, mm -hmm. and there's some really, really sweet work coming out of Boulder. But folks are like TDA, Fortnite Collective, uh, work in progress. There's a, yeah. there's a whole bunch of folks who are just killing it. Y'all are in good advertising cities. And, and Sam, you're moving to New York, so... There's uh, plenty play there, but you're at a great one. I know some some people at uh, DDB that are super talented. You'll learn a lot there. Amazing. Any other burning questions for Greg Hahn? You've got uh, five minutes if you need them. Um, I have a random question. Where kind of gut checking ideas, maybe more more in their infancy? Is there certain certain set of standards you have or stuff you look out for? You just kind of like. Sure. Oh, that that seems cool. Let's do that. Um, just when you have well, first that of all, notebook, yeah. you know, how do you cross things off the list? Yeah, um, interesting because we actually give a presentation to our clients, which is about buying bold work, and that's one of the topics we talk on because it's subjective and there's no like right or wrong answer often. But first, first and foremost, is it has to be on strategy. It has to solve the problem. If it doesn't, then it's it's immediately discarded, or we have to cut in a way to make it solve the problem. Um, but just subjectively, there are some things I look out for. And the first thing I, I know in, with me, when I see a great piece of work that we're about, you know, want to produce is, um, do I immediately try to find ways to defend it? Like, it's almost like your new baby's being born and you want to protect it. Like, okay, how do we get this into the world? How do we make this thing grow up? So it's kind of that. And the other thing is like, do you immediately want to show, show other people about it? Are you excited to tell people about it? These are just, you know, physiological things that you kind of check yourself with. Do you know you have a good idea? And, um, you know, a lot of it is just like, what's your physical reaction to it when you see it? And so uh, it's, it's, it's very instant with, with me. And sometimes there's something there that you know is there and you just got to pull it out or shape it a little bit. But it's that initial spark. You see something, it's like, oh, of course. I, I often say that the... um some of the best ideas are perfectly obvious, but only after you see them. So it should be that kind of that simple of like, holy fuck, why hasn't someone done that before? Thank you. That was that was perfect. My, Greg, my last question, Greg, is what what do you hate right now in the advertising in the world? Oh, good question. I don't hate much. I think of what um you mean it's like what kind of ads do I hear? What or just in the process? Oh, uh, just like I'll say as yeah. as an as an owner, as a business, as an owner, and someone, um, you know, in in the C level quote unquote of of an agency, I don't like the pitch process. That's probably the bane of mm -hmm. agency's existence. I think it's just um, an inefficient, un sort of equal way of of finding clients or clients finding agencies. I, I think working together on a project where 
just getting to know each other and appreciate each other's point of view and work is much better than some sort of spec project or any process that, you know, isn't just, is like a fake environment. But that's just my personal great. Good one. Yeah. But, um, you know, in, in advertising, there are a lot of cynical people and a lot of people like that, you know, try to, it, it seemed like a, a sport where, um, you know, we take each other down a lot, which I, I, I also don't like that. I, I would advise any junior just like, don't get caught up in that. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a, you win, I lose situation. It's like when great work is out there, we all win. It just makes people better. So, you know, there's this thing that, um, award shows and some of these other contests put pit people against each other but uh, in some ways that's that's not that's not a good thing so don't be don't be cynical that's my advice to young people on that note i got a question question for these guys so you have and and you know, a lot of times you you hear people talk about it being a team sport and when you take a look at the landscape and you're looking at it from the ground up and you have all these different agencies who are playing different roles, whether they're tactically focused above the line, you're the strategic like partner to the agency, or you're just doing project work and anything and everything in between. It feels like they're, it's a team sport at your agency to get the, the ball where it needs to go. But it's also teams working together with other teams, specifically with like a larger brand. How... How do you make sense of all that? And, and how is a, a junior um, or aspiring advertiser, do you, do you come in and, and help bring it together? Oh, geez. Um, it probably depends on, on the place and the, and the, the project, but um, Austin and I, we can talk about a certain example. I know we, we had this, this, assignment where it was the first thing as interns we were supposed to talk to everybody in the creative department and write the book on how to do an internship there at Carmichael Lynch which was the perfect assignment thinking back because we had to learn all of those things that we want other people to know but we just had to constantly over deliver and then let let the gatekeepers so to speak decide what is going to be you know useful in that next stage because if you're if you're not um, bringing more than you thought you should, yeah. then you you have the opportunity to to fail and you know let people down. But that was my take, at least, Austin. I don't know. Yeah, I would say mine is similar. Um, it's I, I got some advice from a copywriter I talked to one time. I was like, just kind of throw everything out there. Like it's not on you to like mm-hmm. right. Like just throw everything out there, and then if it's not right you'll get reeled back in like closer to, to what is right. So yeah, I guess the example is, is the intern book that we worked on. We, we threw a lot of stuff out there and there's some stuff that definitely didn't land, but in the end we, we got it done. Yeah. That goes back to your earlier question. What can you do as a junior? You guys kind of answered it. It's like put more out there than they need. Because at, at that stage, it's not for you to, to be the gatekeeper. You're, you're out there to, give them way more than they need and if they need to pull you back that's that's part of the, that's their job oh for me and what i notice a lot in my classes currently is that i offer a different perspective than what normally people do um just because of my background and the experiences i've had 
uh, it's always nice to go in and just um, say like, oh, would this benefit like Latinos or would it benefit like African-Americans and blah, 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 blah. Sometimes people are just really uh, closed-minded and thinking like a tunnel vision, just what will work. Yeah, that's super valuable. Yeah. And um, at every agency right now should be calling you because they need different opinions and different ways of coming at things. So, you know, don't, don't bury your voice and make, make sure that uh, you can bring yourself into it. Yes. Wonderful. That's it. That's about it guys. I think this was fantastic. And I just want to applaud you all again on your amazing work with tap map. Um, people should, everybody listening, check out tap map and I will put, make sure that we have all your books or profiles listed out so they can check you guys out. It's on our site as well. And of course, Greg, a very special thank you for you to you for being our first judge on this. We didn't know what to expect either. And it turned out amazing and some really great creative ideas. So thank you, Greg, as well. Yeah, thank you for asking me to do this. I, I, I think it's a good thing that you're doing. I think um, anybody who enters the next one is, uh, has, a, has a high bar to reach based on these guys' work. That's the goal. We get better and better, hopefully. And then you guys could fly again, too. <laughs> Awesome. We just might. Thank you all so much for setting this up and everything. It was it was a really great experience and uh, awesome to meet meet all of you guys face to face after listening for so long. <laughs> you know, it was a pleasure. You guys are the reason why why we're doing it. We need we need more folks like you and giving you guys more opportunities to be able to to bring what you got to the world. So it was it was awesome and. Greg, obviously, you're you're the man, and appreciate everything that you you've given um, for us to make this successful. So, thank you again.